Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you had a great week. I hope you're ready for a great weekend. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed that weekend is typified with a Steelers win on Sunday night football in week 14 against the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to get to that. We're going to break down that matchup like we do every single week. Every single week, we look at the numbers. We go over the picks in the second half. I've got a really good heart for heart at the end of this episode talking about Steelers fans being Steeler family. So make sure you stick around. Don't don't leave the podcast early, folks. Stay through till the end. Trust me, it'll be worth it. This show, though, the headline and what I wanted to start the, the podcast off with. So today we had to do some errands. We had to run some errands as a family. And so my wife was running into a store and I'm sitting there and I'm, Thinking about this show, what do, you, what do you want to talk? What do you want to talk about today, Jeff? Is what I was basically asking myself. What do you want to talk about on this Let's Ride podcast? As I go, I think about it. I kept on thinking about the playoffs. I kept on thinking about the playoffs, but you know, for the first time in a while, I mean, it, it's not a question of if the Steelers get in. It, it's more of how do they get in? And no, I'm not talking about. How will they get in? Because at 11 and 1, they would have to have so many things go wrong and so many other outside factors go right for other teams to, to miss the postseason. I mean, it would actually, I don't know what the possibility is. I'd have to say it's very, very low that they don't, or the probability, whatever you want to call it, uh, that they would miss the playoffs. I mean, think back to last year in 2019 when they were on that hot streak and you're thinking, here they go. They're going to find a way to get in, even with Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges, and they trip and stumble down the stretch and they're 8-8. Eight and eight. You think about 2018, similar story, but they just don't get in. For once in, my gosh, since 2017 when they finished 13-3, and three, Pittsburgh Steelers fans aren't thinking, are they going to get in? It's how are they going to look while they're getting in? I hope that makes sense. It makes sense to me. In my head, I was thinking to myself, it's not a matter of if they get in. We know they're going to get in. It's how are they going to get in? Are they going to be backpedaling into the playoffs? Is that really what we're going to be talking about? I mean, 11 and 1 is great. Don't get me wrong. But if you're backing in to the dance, that's a problem. That's a really big problem. And so let's look at these last four games for the Steelers. Okay, week 14, they're at Buffalo. Week 15 on Monday Night Football. And Buffalo's Sunday night, by the way. Week 15's Monday Night Football at Cincinnati. Week 16, they come back to Heinz Field for the regular season home finale against the Indianapolis Colts. And then they go to Cleveland to finish it up in week 17. So you're looking at those four games and you're thinking, man, I mean, really only Cincinnati because Cincinnati has been banged up and and they have no quarterback after Joe Burrow was lost for the season with a knee injury. You're looking at this saying that Cincinnati is really the only game that most people would say that's a gimme. Buffalo is not a gimme. The Steelers are going to be underdogs. Cincinnati, we talked about that. They're going to be favored, even on the road. Indianapolis is no gimme. That's a really good defense. Phillip Rivers has that team playing good football. And then going to Cleveland, 
Cleveland looks to be a legitimate playoff contender this season. A lot can change between now and week 17, but as of right now, sitting here Friday morning, heading into week 14, they are a contender, folks. Period. You may not like to hear it, Nate. You might chuckle a little bit. That's just fact. So we can go ahead and take a look at the AFC playoff picture. When you're looking at the AFC playoff picture, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers who are still leading the AFC. Them and the Kansas City Chiefs are both 11-1, but because of better AFC record, remember, Steelers losing to Washington, an NFC opponent, that's probably, if you could handpick a loss, that would be one of them. Okay? So Kansas City's 11-1. Before we get into this playoff picture, and I want to talk about this, and this is a rhetorical question for you, the listener. Does the first round buy matter to you? There are some people, I've talked to them before, that have said, I'd rather just keep playing. The week off scares me to death. And maybe that was 2017 where they had one of the buys and they end up folding like a cheap lawn chair against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional round at home at Heinz Field. But that's this is really for you, the listener, to think, does the buy matter to you? Reminder. 17 playoffs means that seven team playoff means that there's only one buy awarded. So it's, it's you either get the top seed or you're playing. So with that said, doesn't matter. I mean, you want the Steelers to be firing on all cylinders, getting in when you start 11 and zero. that is just not good enough. Just not good enough. But the Steelers still are clinging on barely to that number one seed in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs had the same record, but their loss was to the Las Vegas Raiders. Therefore, they are the number two seed. But let's take a look at Kansas City's last four games. I'm going to be honest with you folks. It's not easy. They go to Miami this weekend. Okay, to Miami. Then Miami, at one point, everyone would kind of just chuckle and be like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Miami has a good defense. The offense, eh, they might be lacking some playmakers, but still, we'll see. Then they have to go to New Orleans. Oof. Drew Brees might be back for that game. Even even if he isn't, Taysom Hill has proven that he's more than just a gimmick player, period. Then they go to Atlanta, or I'm sorry, they host Atlanta, and then they host the Chargers to finish out the season. So these next two weeks for Kansas City are going to be tough. Then you look at Buffalo, they're the three seed. They host Pittsburgh this weekend, then they go to Denver, then they go to New England and finish up with Miami. Those are Four pretty tough games because it's tough. Denver's a tough place to play. Tough place to play. Then you have the Tennessee Titans. They go, they're at Jacksonville. Then they host Detroit. Then they go to Green Bay and finish up at Houston. Cleveland. Is Cleveland going to stick around with four games left? Are they going to stick around? Well, they host the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football this week. Then they go to the Giants. At one point, that would have been a laugher, but I wouldn't say that right now. Then they go to the Jets, and then they host the Steelers in Week 17. Miami, they might have the toughest road ahead out of all these teams. Why? They host Kansas City, then they host New England, then they have to go to Las Vegas, and then they have to go to Buffalo. Those are four tough football games for the Miami Dolphins to finish out the season. The Indianapolis Colts are currently the seven seed. They have to go to Vegas. That's going to be a gigantic game. Then they host the Houston Texans. Then they go to Pittsburgh, and then they finish up with Jacksonville. There's really only three teams considered in the hunt. It, it, there's pretty much a clear delineation 
from the Patriots at six and six, and then everyone else under them has about four wins. So I've eliminating those four win teams in the hunt. You have the Raiders. They're seven and five. Here's their final games. Indy at home, chargers at home, dolphins at home, and then at the Broncos. That's a tough stretch. The Baltimore Ravens. Could they somehow find a way to come out of this nine spot? Well, they could, they're going to have to be Cleveland on Monday night football. If they have a prayer, you got to feel like if they lose another game, because when you look at their losses, a lot of them have come to teams that are in the mix. So they go to Cleveland on Monday night, then they host the Jaguars, then they host the Giants, and then they finish up in Cincinnati. Outside of Cleveland, that's probably one of the easiest stretches in the final four games in the NFL. I don't think the Ravens are going away. We'll put it that way. And the Patriots, it's 6-6. Six and six. They need a lot of stuff to go their way. And to be honest with you, they play third. They play Thursday night. This is being recorded before that game, just so you know. They play. They go to the L.A. Rams on Thursday night football. Then they're at Miami, at home versus Buffalo, and then at home versus the Jets to finish out the season. I wouldn't say that any of these teams that's in the, that are they're in the hunt, other than Baltimore, have a really easy stretch to finish out the season. I, I just don't see that. But for the Pittsburgh Steelers and their fan base. We all want this team to be going into the playoffs looking good. We've all, I, I can say only speak for myself. I, I've seen this enough in my lifetime. This, that you see a team that looks really good early on, and then just they slowly fade. And they go into the playoffs, and they normally are one and done. That would be so disheartening for the Pittsburgh Steelers because it's been such a good story. Ben Roethlisberger coming back. You've got young phenoms like Chase Claypool. And you got uh, the next man up has been a prominent slogan. The standard is the standard with, you know, players like Devin Bush going down and Robert Spillane filling in. And then Alex Highsmith coming in for Bud Dupree and Chooks for Zach Banner. All these stories, they would all mean nothing. They all mean nothing. And here's the thing. This Sunday, the Steelers are going to have an opportunity. They are going to have an opportunity to really say, we're getting this thing figured out. We're playing our best football at the right time. Because right now, the fan base, the confidence is not good. Period. Especially in the offense. Especially in the offense. But there's issues on the defense, too. Injuries are piling up. Vince Williams is now on the COVID reserve list. And you're thinking, who is going to play uh, inside linebacker for the Steelers? Because Belanes hasn't practiced. Vince Williams isn't playing. Avery Williamson. And who else? Now, Ulysses Gilbert III could be activated off injured reserve. That would help. And Marcus Allen. Like, this is, you're, you're scratching your head wondering, what is going on here? How in the world is this happening? The Steelers have got to figure it out, and it starts on Sunday. If they go to Buffalo on prime time, and win the game, I don't care how they win it. They win the game, fans are going to say, okay, all right, Pittsburgh, okay. That Dallas game, Baltimore game, the loss to Washington, water under the bridge. Let's go. Let's get these. Let's get ready for the playoffs. Let's go. That's exactly what would happen. If they go to Buffalo and they look the same, and when I say look the same, especially on offense, it is – discombobulated, uh, just no rhythm. There seems to be no drive. There seems to be no ultimate theory or practicality to what they're doing. 
then there's going to be cause for some serious concern down the stretch. Speaking of the offense, I I was thinking about the offense. And if you don't know, if you don't follow the Pittsburgh Penguins like I do, hopefully these names at least ring a bell. The more I think about the Steelers offense, and especially in the lull that they're currently in the last few weeks, it reminds me of the Pittsburgh Penguins under Dan Bilesma after they won the Stanley Cup. So in 2009, it was a great year, by the way. Great year for sports in Pittsburgh as Pens won the Stanley Cup. Steelers win the Super Bowl. It's a phenomenal year. Still, Michelle Terrian is the head coach of the Penguins. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's, he's old school. He is old school. But you have all these young superstars in Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby. And you're like, why are they just playing this defensive brand of hockey? Well, midseason, they fire Terrian. They promote Bilesma from their AHL team. And he brings in an offensive philosophy. And it works. And they win a cup. The one thing that did Dan Bilesma in was he was so freaking stubborn. So stubborn. They would go up against teams who had a really good bead on what they wanted to do as a hockey team. And he would basically say the same thing over and over again. We're going to run our system. Guys, we're going to run our system. Focus on the way we play hockey. We dictate to them what we're going to do. And on paper, and for the regular fan, they're hearing that thinking, yeah, coach, that's what we're talking about. You tell them how to play. But the problem is, is that the other people on the other team are professionals too. And so they would have all these playoff failures because he never, never adjusted. Never. He would never say, okay, we're going to abandon what we've been doing. We need to change it up. That's what the Steelers offense feels like. Well, it worked earlier. Why isn't it working now? Well, maybe because, guys, the people on the other side of the field are professionals too. And they've got now 12 games of tape on what you like to do. They know these little gimmicky third and one, fourth and one, shuffle passes to Juju Smith-Schuster, put them in motion, get in a bunch, right underneath. They know it. You got to be able to adjust. You have to be able to adjust. I am really hoping, fingers crossed, that this Sunday night, the Steelers offense is going to show something new. Couple wrinkles here or there. If they don't, it's not going to be pretty. I will say it that way. But I, you know, then there's a part of me that says, well, shoot, if the people, if the, the pass catchers, and I, I mean, I say pass catchers and not just receivers because I put Ebron in this category. If the people just catch the football, then we might not be having these discussions as much the past few weeks. The Steelers offense needs to come out and show some type of innovation. Just going to leave it at that. Because when you look at this Buffalo Bills team, I think a lot of people get this Buffalo Bills team a little confused. I've actually watched them play a good amount of football this season. Just, you know, when the Steelers are playing at a different time, I'll tune in, I'll turn the Bills on just because, Maybe that's a good matchup. I remember I watched almost all of the game against the Chargers when Justin Herbert and the Chargers went up there. That was because I had Herbert that week in Fanduel. I wanted to see how he did. He stunk it up for me. Thanks for nothing. Uh, but still, let's look at some of these numbers for this Buffalo Bills team. And let's see if there's any type of advantage for the Steelers in this upcoming primetime game. So let's look at uh, the offense. I'm sorry. Let's look at the defenses first. 
So average passing yards per game, Buffalo's giving up 276.4. Pittsburgh's giving up 252.3. Rushing yards, Buffalo's giving up 102.4. Pittsburgh's giving up 92.6. Points per game. I'm sorry, this is offense. I'm sorry, this is offense. So, and then points per game, this is crazy. Both teams are averaging 27.8 points per game. Same exact number. And then sacks surrendered. Pittsburgh's the best offensive line in the NFL in this category. They've only given up 10 sacks, whereas Buffalo has given up 24. 24. So they're averaging two sacks a game. So again, in terms of you look at the offense, yeah, they throw the ball better. And they run the ball a little bit better. But at the same time, they're pretty much the same. You go to the defensive side, it's a little bit different. You're looking at Buffalo gives up 249.5 passing yards per game. Pittsburgh giving up 199.8 rushing yards. Buffalo's giving up 126 on the ground. Pittsburgh giving up 100.7 points per game. 25 and a half for Buffalo, 17.6 for Pittsburgh. Sacks, getting after the quarterback. Pittsburgh leads the NFL with 44, Buffalo with 30. I think that for me, a lot of, I think a lot of fans out there still think this Buffalo team is a defensive team, defensive juggernaut. They're going to go out there. They're going to stop you. Uh, they're going to make you earn it. I'm not saying they're not going to make you earn it, but this is not the same defense that used to be in Buffalo. You know, it's just not period. So when I look at this, the, these teams, the offenses are pretty much outside of sack surrender. They're pretty similar. Like I said, they they do throw the ball a little bit better. Josh Allen is a tough, a tough nut to crack, but still they they do better, a little bit better than the Steelers. Defensively, Pittsburgh is the better football team. They are the better football team. They keep they keep teams off the scoreboard. They get after the quarterback, and not only that, they take the ball away more. Pittsburgh is plus eleven in the turnover differential. Buffalo is just plus two. So they they do have some advantages here. I want folks to really think about the Steelers in this upcoming game and realize that they are still 11 and one And Buffalo's a good team. I'm not saying anything about that. They are a good football team, but when it comes down to it, so are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to see how they bounce back from this loss. I mean, it's been a short week, but it's not anything near what they had to do after the Wednesday game against Baltimore. This is a this is more normal for them than anything they've had in the last three weeks. So I would hope that the Steelers would be like, okay, I, we can kind of get into a rhythm now. Where you know the game was on Monday, Tuesday is a, is an off day, and then we're back at it on Wednesday. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, travel on Saturday, play on Sunday night. I feel like that's a little bit more normal. But you know what? The, the Steelers are going to have to come out and they're going to have to prove to their fan base that pretty much they're back. That that one game and the last few games have been nothing but an aberration. So who's going to win this game? That's what everyone wants to know. Stay tuned. After this break, give you my pick.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of Behind the Steel Curtains podcast family. Remember, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain to find us and follow so that you don't miss a thing. That's right, folks. It's Friday. That means it's time for my picks. Time for my picks. They've been getting better. I am really close to 500. And for those of you that might just be listening to the podcast for the first time, it's a, is he really celebrating 500? You have no idea how bad my picks were early in the season, but Hey, I got to find that tape. Hold on. Ah, here we go. I found it faster. This time ready. All right, let's go. Let's do this. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Sunday night football. We'll get to that game. Houston Texans. We are going to start off with the one o'clock games on Sunday. Houston Texans go to the Chicago bears not looking forward to this one. Chicago has been awful as of late. The Houston Texans are playing a little bit better since they fired Bill O'Brien. Houston is giving one and a half. They're in Chicago. The overrunner set at 45. I'm going to say take the Houston Texans, giving a point and a half. But I'm going to say take the under because I do think the Bears' defense is still pretty good, and I don't think the Bears are going to score a lot of points. I'll say take the under. Next, the Arizona Cardinals, they go across country to the New York Giants. Arizona is giving two, giving two points. The over-under set at 45. I feel like Arizona, if they're going to make a run, they have to do it now, even though New York is playing good football. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals giving two, and I'll take the over of 45. The Minnesota Vikings head down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is coming off a bye, and they're giving six and a half points. Over-under set at 52. I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take Tampa Bay giving six and a half. I feel like, oh, during that bye week, They probably have a good chance not just to get healthy, but to get someone like Antonio Brown some more repetitions, to get him more involved in the offense. I'll take Tampa Bay giving six and a half in the over of 52. The Tennessee Titans go down to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee's giving seven and a half. That feels like, I know it's a divisional game. That feels like a a very low spread. I'm going to take the Titans giving seven and a half. The over-under set at 53. I'll take the under. I don't see the Jaguars scoring many points. The Dallas Cowboys and the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know who the quarterback of the Bengals is anymore. Dallas, they're not any good either. Dallas is giving three and a half points. They're on the road. I don't care. Take the Cowboys, giving three and a half. The over-under set at 42 and a half. Take the under. The Denver Broncos, they go to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers still don't look like they're going to have Christian McCaffrey back. The Denver Broncos are are getting three and a half points. I'm not leaning the Denver way. I'm going with Carolina giving three and a half over under set at 46 and a half. I'll take the over next the Kansas city chiefs and Miami dolphins. Kansas city is giving seven on the road down in South beach. The over under set at 49 and a half. I will take the chiefs giving seven and I'll take the over at 49 and a half. I just think Kansas city is going to be too much offense for Miami. I like Miami's defense, but I don't think they're going to slow down Mahomes enough. And I don't think they have the offense with Tua or Fitzpatrick to keep up with Patty Mahomes and company. New York Jets go to Seattle. The New York Jets are getting 13 and a half points and over-under set at 47. I'm not sure what this line's all about because Seattle is not, they have not looked like themselves in, in recent weeks. 13 and a half is a huge line. The Jets have been competitive, keeping things close. I'm going to take the Jets getting 13 and a half. That's like a college football spread. The over-under is at 47. I'll take the under. The Indianapolis Colts, Go to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Indianapolis Colts are giving three. The over-under set at 51 and a half. The, the Raiders have shown me that the last few weeks, the early portions of this season were a flash in the pan. 
the win against the Chiefs. What does it mean when you can barely beat the Jets? I like the Colts a lot better than the Raiders. I'll take the Colts on the road, giving three points. The over-under set at 51 and a half. I'll take the over. This is a huge game for the AFC playoff picture, and I think the Raiders are going to play themselves right out of that picture. The Green Bay Packers go to the Detroit Lions. The Packers are flying high. The Lions are struggling. They don't have Matt Patricia anymore. Green Bay is giving 7.5. I say take Green Bay, giving 7.5. The over-under set at 55, take the over. The Atlanta Falcons, the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A. Atlanta is giving 2.5. That's right. The Chargers are at home getting 2.5 points. I'll take the Chargers at home. And I'll take the over at 49. Take the over. I think this could be a high-scoring game, but I like the Chargers at home getting points. The Washington football team, they go across country to play, actually in Arizona, to play the San Francisco 49ers. Washington is getting three. I know it's a tough trip. Maybe they have a letdown after beating the Steelers, but I like that defense. I'm going to take the Washington football team plus three with an over-under of 43.5. I'll take the under. The New Orleans Saints. I'll go into the Philadelphia Eagles. The Saints are giving seven. The Philadelphia Eagles <clears throat> are a mess. Jalen Hurts is going to start. Over-unders at 44. I will take the New Orleans Saints. I'll take them giving seven. And I will take the over. I think this could be a higher scoring game than most people think. Monday Night Football. You know what? I'll do that game on Monday. That's going to be one to hold. Let's get to the game that everyone wants to talk about. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Buffalo Bills. The moment that I gave this pick... The Steelers are getting two and a half. That's right, they're dogs in this game. They are underdogs. How are they going to respond? How are the Steelers going to respond? They've been favored almost all season. They started off as favorites in this game. Then it went to a pick'em game, which is even. And now all of a sudden, they're two and a half point dogs in this. They're getting two and a half. The over-under set at 46 and a half. This is a game where I think it's going to be higher scoring than people think. The Steelers' defense is banged up right now. The Buffalo defense, I don't think, is any anything what it used to be. I Believe it or not, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people might laugh at me for this. They might call me a homer. That's fine. I am one. I think the Steelers find a way to win this game. And I think they do it with their offense. I think it's their offense that says, you know what? We hear what everyone's been saying about us. We are going to come out and show that we are still a legitimate team. We are a team to beat in the AFC. We are a Super Bowl contender, not a pretender. I like the Steelers to win this game 30-24. to It's going to be close. But last year, the Buffalo Bills came into Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football. Pittsburgh was wearing their color rush uniforms, and they beat them on their home turf, really putting a dent in their playoff hopes. This year, Pittsburgh returns the favor. They go to their place, Sunday Night Football, they're wearing their color rush uniforms. Time for some revenge. Ben Roethlisberger is going to get the job done. So I like Pittsburgh getting two and a half, and I'll take the over at 46 and a half. All right, folks. Let's do a little heart to heart to finish things up here. Heart to heart. So I got to be honest with you all. During this time that I've been doing the Let's Ride podcast, uh, not only have I had an absolute blast, I've I can't stress. I've never done this before. I used to do little maybe five, ten minute shows. I never really had a drive. I never really had a a style, so to speak. And this show has really given me the opportunity to kind of to do a show that is me. 
it's not me trying to be some what someone else wants me to be. It's not someone telling me how I should do a show, and it's not me with anyone else. Th- this is me. Uh, and so I think a lot of you that you listen to this, if you all feel like you kind of know me, then I'm doing my job because that's what I've always wanted. I've wanted to have a show that people, A, make sure that they tune in. So in this regard, that on every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you wake up and you're on your way to work or you're on the treadmill or whatever the, the case is, and you're singing, thinking, man, I, Jeff's dropping Let's Ride soon. I, I got to check it out. I got to listen to Jeff's Let's Ride. Even if it's over a holiday break, you find it, you find time to listen. And you do it because you feel like you're you're a part of the show. You feel like that you kind of know me, that you learned a lot about me and how I'm a, a you know father of five and all this stuff, where I grew up and what I did, all this. I, I tell stories all the time. So if you're sitting there th- thinking to yourself, yeah, this that's why I like this show, then I'm doing my job. But I've gotten such great reviews from people uh, that I can't say thank you enough. I've gotten emails, direct messages on Twitter, uh, the comments on like our Facebook page. Uh, I, I, it's, it's really been overwhelming at times, but, but none were not, none was larger than a, a couple emails I've received recently. One was just the other day. One was a couple weeks ago, basically saying that they just want to thank me for my podcast that uh, the that my podcast has given them that thirty minutes of, of of a break, I guess if you want to put it that way, and that's something I said a couple episodes ago. That you know, we hope here at BehindTheSteelCurtain dot com and on our podcast platform that if if you can turn us on for thirty minutes, for an hour, for ten minutes, for fifteen, whatever the case may be, and we let you mentally get away from the craziness that is this year and the pandemic and all the other craziness that's happened in the t- in 2020, then we're doing our jobs. We're doing our jobs. You know, I, I don't talk about politics on my shows. I don't bring up, uh, you know, the virus or anything like that, unless it has to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL. And so because of that, I, I don't want people to go to, into that space. I want to have a space that is just for Steeler fans. And that's really what this is about. Steelers fans, in my opinion, are like family. And I've heard from people I've never met and never will meet saying, you don't know how, how you, how much you've done for me to get me through this tough time. Or I feel like you're a part of my family. And I I just love everything that you guys are doing at behind the steel curtain. We are family and we look out for one another. And I hope that every single one of you gets some enjoyment out of my show. And honestly, I still can't get over the fact that there's a lot of people that listen that love to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and make me a part of their routine, make me part of their day, part of their life in some way, shape, or form. It's incredible to me. From a guy that started his own podcast where literally three family members would listen, and that was because I would send them the link and say, hey, did you listen to that podcast yet? Did you listen to that podcast? And so I think they would just turn it on and be like, yeah, I listened. It was good stuff. For someone that started like that to have this, what can I say? It's overwhelming. It really is. I I can't thank you all enough because we love doing this. I really love doing this, and I hope that comes through, but it would be nothing without you all. We'd be nothing without the listener. 
without the reader for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You all give us this platform for that. I say thank you. I say thank you. So that's it. That does a wrap. That's a wrap for this show. I, I hope that you all are optimistic about this game on Sunday night. Go into it thinking this team is 11 and one. Don't go into it thinking this team just lost to the Washington football team and this, that, and the other. Stay positive. Have a good outlook. Good things will happen. In the meantime, make sure wherever you get your podcast, you're following us. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. And as always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. In the meantime, folks, I'll see you on the post-game show late Sunday night. I'll be back Monday at noon on Let's Ride. You know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Here we go. Go Steelers. Let's do it. Let's get it done. We'll see you.